0: Welcome to We Are All Americans, conversations about how family stories are passed down from generation to generation and what it means to be American in the context of multiculturalism, immigration, military service, Black Lives Matter, white privilege, and indigeneity. This episode was recorded during an oral history recording workshop at the Reciprocity Los Angeles Artist Retreat, organized by Asylum Arts and the Institute for Jewish Creativity at American Jewish University.
1: Hello, uh, this is Sarah Mostov. And this is Jenny Yershansky. And uh, we are going to talk a little bit about our families. <laughs> um, okay, so where do we even begin? <laughs> uh so, uh, Jenny, I know you are from Sweden. No. <laughs> no. You, grew, you were born in Rome, and you lived in Sweden. I did live in Sweden. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah. Sweden was, if you want to call it, um, that was after already growing up here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, and now I've returned back to the U.S. Okay.
1: So. And your mom, or your, your family, um, is American? No. Um, okay. I mean, yes, they are U.S. Yes. citizens. Yes, that is yeah. a <laughs> broad term. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, were they born in America? No.
0: Um, so they are from um, what is now Moldova, mm. which yes. was the Soviet Union. And oh, yes, yes. Um, that's actually the reason why I was born in Rome. It doesn't sound obvious, but uh, they were emigrating out as refugees. And my mom was already very pregnant with me, Um, and there's a point in that journey, you cross through first through Austria, and then Italy, Rome, is where you sign your documents and get fully officially uh, released uh, to where you're supposed to go, which should have been Israel. Mm. Um, And they had decided at some point that they were going to make um, an attempt at um, requesting the ability to go to the U.S. um, and be allowed into the U.S. as uh, asylum seekers. In that process, that's when I made my entry. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's how I ended up being born in Rome. And they got the okay, so that's how finally we all ended up in the U.S. Wow.
1: That's interesting. So they were refugees, both of them. Both of them. And
0: that just meant that when I was born, I was stateless. Mm -hmm. because they had revoked their uh, citizenship as far as the Soviet Union was concerned, Mm -hmm. and we hadn't gotten any um, permissions yet as to where we would be. Wow. Um, And they don't have birthright citizenship in Italy, so... Oh, they don't? No. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting, because many... I actually... A lot don't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is something I've only learned, like, by asking. Um,
1: yeah, I so. guess I didn't read. Yeah, no, that makes sense.
0: I think it it just appears that way because a lot of them, you have to have parents or grandparents that are citizens of that place mm-hmm. to um, have citizenship there or mm-hmm. qualify for citizenship there. And most people are born that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of without question. And yeah, there aren't quite as many people that are drop-ins. <laughs> yeah, like
1: I was. Well, um, I mean, for it's one, it's changing. Yeah, it yeah. is changing. I mean, well, for one, in one instance, uh, my husband Dan, his grandma was a Holocaust survivor who grew up um, in Germany, mm-hmm. and they, you know, her citizenship was revoked because of whole Holocaust mm. Mm. situation yeah. but uh, um, uh, later after she died well I mean she wanted nothing to do with Germany so right. she even um, when she turned I think in her 80s or 90s she got a letter from the German consulate to mm. uh, uh, being like, sorry about that, here's your citizenship back. And she's basically, I think, sent a letter back being like, screw you guys, I don't <laughs> want anything to do with you. But Dan later on ended up um, going to the consulate and, and reclaiming his citizenship, I mm-hmm. think, as, as uh, reparations. But obviously I think that's a very specific yeah. circumstance that Germany is dealing mm-hmm. with. Um, but
0: that's a good example of it's actually through your grandparents. Yes, yeah. um, mm-hmm. And it would have worked the same for me if, if my grandparents had been Italian. Yeah. I could yeah. have done the same thing yeah. through Italy. But just yeah. being born there is yeah. not enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because then you're not Italian. Yeah. Or you're not German. Yeah. Whatever, whatever all those ideas mean. Yeah. And I guess that's what we're questioning what yeah. Americanness means and mm-hmm. its own quirkiness with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. What about you? Um, so my mom has a pretty crazy story. Um. And well, for one, my mom is um, she. Her family is refugees from uh, Baghdad. Uh, she was the first of nine kids to be born in Jerusalem because um, all of her older brothers and sisters were born in Baghdad and they fled, uh, and um, she was born in a refugee camp in Jerusalem. And she has no, we have no idea what her actual birthday is, or, um, I mean, we have a, or she has basic idea, um, but it was very much just kind of a free-for-all. It was all intense. Um, uh, and my dad, uh, he grew up in Toledo, Ohio, uh, but his, uh, grandparents, uh, actually came through Ellis Island, uh, they were from Russia, um, but, uh, it's my mom's story that, we know the most about, Mm -hmm. uh, or the most, uh, talked about because Mm -hmm. it feels a lot more recent, um, which it is. Um, so yeah, so my mom's, my grandfather would have been, but I died long before I was born. Um, her dad was a, actually a prominent rabbi in Baghdad. Uh, and they lived a pretty affluent life from what I understand. They lived a a good life there and yeah she was of one of yeah nine brothers and sisters and uh once um they started you know became a muslim country started killing um non-muslims and specifically jews uh they had to um flee the country i know that um some of my older relatives talk about um wearing a um I I don't want to say the wrong word, the thing where you were covered. burqa. Yeah, Yeah. burqa. So that they could be um, uh, blended, so that they could uh, leave the country. And they escaped to Israel. Um, And one thing that I always want to specify to people, especially people that um, are very upset with the way Israel became established as a country um, is that this was not their choice (laughs) they didn't want to go to Israel Mm -hmm. Uh, they loved their life in Baghdad it was the only country that they were able to go to Mm -hmm. Um, and they had you know going there with no money they had to run out of their houses they didn't really have time to pack Uh, so yeah so they lived in these tents my mom was born in Jerusalem. Um, one of the stories actually, which was crazy cause there was a New York times, uh, big New York times article about this that came out about a month ago, which was really crazy. Um, uh, her youngest brother, um, was kidnapped in, um, the refugee camp in, um, in, in Jerusalem. Oh, I read about this. Yeah. So oh. she, so basically what happened, which it turns out was a very common story, uh, her, so he was, I I mean, he must have been maybe uh, two? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, about two. Um, Got ill, Mm -hmm. um, but not very ill. Had Mm. a bad cough, maybe just like a typical cold. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had an infirmary in the refugee camp. And um, her dad took Um, him to the infirmary just to get basic medicines, maybe antibiotics. Um, They said, well, let's take the son um, and um, check him out and see, do some tests. So they brought him, went behind a tent, you know, so the father was sitting there for a little while. Um, Maybe, I don't know, hour, probably more later, a doctor came out and said, sorry, your son is dead. And they, and he was of course shocked and <laughs> mortified and was just you know he wasn't that sick i just needed meds i i don't like how did he die how did this happen they're saying sorry he's just dead and they're like well let me see the body if he's dead and they were trying to get around it saying it's not good to be around this sick body um until so finally they were like okay we'll show you the body and um, they showed him actually a uh a black baby that was dead uh and he said that is not my my son and they said oh it has to do with the sickness um it uh changes their skin like a dark color when they die (laughs) so insane so of course he's like freaking out screaming um but basically there's nothing that he could do (laughs) and it's just completely out of his hands um had to go back there there's nobody to report it to you know there's no police really i mean you know just the people in charge of the yeah it's there's nobody um in the new york times it actually came out that it was actually like thousands and thousands of babies Mm -hmm. uh were were stolen. It's insane, like four thousand babies. And what these people thought was, they were giving these babies uh, another life, like a, you know, like a better life. Like they were going to live in better, richer families. Um, So it's, uh, and it's also very weird that I might have an uncle somewhere. Um, You know, yeah. So that was a really crazy story. And, um, yeah, so, but she still had her eight brothers and sisters. Her mom died shortly after of, um, um, leukemia. And her dad, uh, died like a couple years later of a, I don't know, a bad sickness. Um, and so her, she ended up, they ended up getting transferred to an orphanage. Um, and, uh, so she lived a lot of her life in an orphanage, was raised by her older brothers and sisters because they were so far apart in years um but yeah so she didn't she met my dad later um when she was in her 20s and he was studying abroad in israel he's a jewish um uh, she he was studying jewish studies in brandeis and was traveling there so um she was uh She was had no didn't know any English, and he didn't know any Hebrew. So they kind of tutored each other. Um, But yeah, it's it's so crazy just the life that she lived. Even when I see like pictures, it looks like pictures from like the (laughs) eighteen hundreds. Like it just was such a such a just a different time and hard to relate in a lot of ways and just um i think that it's also just that perspective of understanding i mean not getting into anything political but also just being understanding of why israel happened in the beginning just you know these people had nowhere else to go um and you know it's the only home that was that they were able to establish for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that is very frustrating, like I don't really get get along with two, a lot of her brothers and sisters. Well, one um, I do want to mention is that uh, Sephardic, uh, people like people that came from Iraq and Iran, mm-hmm. they didn't teach them English in schools because they had Ashkenazi schools and mm-hmm. then they had uh, Sephard- uh, Sephardic schools. And the Ashkenazis uh, were taught English mm-hmm. and Hebrew mm-hmm. and the Sephardics were taught um, Arabic and Hebrew. Mm-hmm. So none of my older relatives um, know, I mean, the ones that didn't move to America n- don't know a single word mm-hmm. of, of English. Um, but one thing is that I try to be understanding of in a way because I know they grew up in a different time. They grew up in a very war-torn country, and they my mom lived in bomb shelters for a lot of her life. Uh, they have a very frustrating view of Arabs and Muslims, mm-hmm. and I get very upset about it because it's very closed-minded and very narrow-minded, um, and they feel very strongly about you know just saying how you know much they hurt their family and how you know like feeling like this trauma uh and you obviously should not blame that on a huge community so it's hard because I am coming from a very different place but I get very upset because they are very they just don't they are not accepting of the Muslim community. And, and I'm saying that in the nicest way I can. <laughs> and it's it's frustrating for me. And I get embarrassed about it. <laughs> like, you know, if they say things that are not okay. I mean, mm-hmm. God forbid if I had ever fallen in love with a Muslim man. I mean, I, I didn't. But I'm mm-hmm. saying that that would have been a huge like the worst thing that probably I could have done and it's really sad because they have similar stories Mm -hmm. and these you know Muslims are treated equally terrible Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know in these countries so yeah but it's like you're never going to change someone's mind who had to experience stuff like that so I don't know
0: it's it's, similar in some ways I mean not because they lived side by side with Muslims, but more because they were an other Mm. and always called, in the most negative way, a Jew. (laughs) Yeah. And identified in all their paperwork and limited because of that ethnicity Mm -hmm. in everything, Mm -hmm. which is why they fled. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And uh, for them, they also saw Israel as like the one place... That it was possible to go. Mm-hmm. That, that's where they were supposed to be going. Yeah, and that was the only direction yeah. they were actually like, allowed where else to go.
1: What they have gone?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. no way. Um, So, the U.S. was like a complete fluke. That actually had to do with a cousin's vision, mm-hmm. who instructed my dad that that's where he belongs, <laughs> <laughs> <by Israel. laughs> So they were following some woman's, like, um, yeah, you know, like, like. Foresight or uh, future sight is what mm-hmm. they, it translates to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's a fluke, but uh, all the grandparents actually went to Israel, um, yeah. and I think for my parents, like they always see it as under threat. The one, this like safe space. Yeah. Um, the place that like anyone can return to or go mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. when shit goes down.
1: Are you mean America or Israel? Israel. Okay. For yeah. them, for them, that's what Israel
0: means. Yeah. That's um, for my mom as yeah. well. Yeah. Um and uh, that like and and in their minds shit is always about to go down mm-hmm. and um like my mom is less extreme than my dad but my dad like completely supported the Muslim ban and <sighs> yeah that and that, I that mean, was
1: um, appropriate and a lot of my relatives did too and I mean the only reason I would say my mom may have been. Thinking a tiny bit more liberally is because my dad pushes it a lot on her. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like tries like, no, this yeah. is bad. Like <laughs> pushing in her brain. But then she has yeah. all of her brothers and sisters being like, yes, Muslims are terrible. Like yeah. we should. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 frustrating yeah. when you yeah. see that.
0: I think it also helps that um, I've been able to talk with my mom more reasonably. That it's not a Muslim ban; mm-hmm. it's a ban against. Refugees coming from this country, exactly. and it is a predominantly Muslim country. That does not mean that the people seeking refugee status are, and most likely, there's a lot that are not. And it's very similar to like why yeah. they had to flee, um, because they were fleeing the dominant <laughs> as yeah. an outsider, it, um, yeah. And I'm able to at least point to like some friends who, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, their parents left, like, uh, in the like shah times you know or like Mm -hmm. post shah times Mm -hmm. for those reasons like being activists and things like that so yeah
1: um, yeah and it it is very frustrating knowing how what they went through as refugees and having had that experience and that terrifying experience of your home not you are no longer belonging in your home it frustrates me that they don't have a s- sympathy mm. for refugees going through the same thing they did, mm. so that to me feels very hypocritical. But when they see like Arabs and Muslims, they they're, they're you know, like mm. it's just they their mind goes black or blank, like yeah. they just cannot see yeah. through it. <laughs> and
0: it's, it's, I mean, that's what's so complicated about all of this, right? Like yeah. uh, you would think that there would be more empathy there, yeah, um, but. This is also what was so heartbreaking to me, like with the case of the uncle you don't know. Yeah. um, This is a group of people who like, you know, in history, this is what was done to like, all those people who are now doing this to like, this generation of refugees that came to Israel. Like they had their aunts, uncles kidnapped, hidden away, taken, You know, absorbed as Germans, as absorbed as whatevers were each. You know, and it's like so heartbreaking to me that they repeated this. You know, and like I mean, it's like, uh, um, gosh, what is her name? Um, The really amazing thinker. um, (laughs) What uh, she's a philosopher who basically like her reasoning for why Israel as a state was a problem in its existence. She's Jewish. Jewish. Hannah okay. Arendt. Um, oh, okay. Hannah Arendt. Oh, okay. Um,
1: I don't know too much. Then. Basically,
0: her her idea is like the bully becomes the bull. The bullied becomes the bullier. Mm-hmm. So you can't help reenact the thing you suffered through. It, it will repeat itself. And there are many forms that we see that actually still playing out right now. Um like so frustrating yeah but it's just like i don't even know how they explained it to themselves yeah to do
1: that i know
0: um and how complicated that becomes like in the case of your mom and Mm -hmm. the whole family like Mm -hmm. how do you still hold close that this is a safe space when the evidence is right there very clear it's not, yeah. in In the most intimate place, like it, within your family, like, um, yeah, that's so it's, difficult. It's, it's like so an difficult. abusive relationship, you know. Like it is, like, and
1: I, I, yeah. And like I you stay with much. the
0: evil, you know,
1: because yeah. at least you know it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're comfortable with it, yeah. And it's just how you how you feel, like, yeah. And it's just, and it is also hard. Like sometimes, if I talk to my aunts, it's just always the conversation usually ends with just saying like you don't understand like you don't know Mm -hmm. you were raised in america where you know like like it's easy for you to say what you're saying having not lived what i lived and i can't you know how Mm -hmm. do you how do you rebuttal that you know like because it's true i Mm -hmm. i haven't lived what they lived. but that's what's so frustrating that's why i feel like history just is going to keep repeating itself because I don't know. (laughs) I don't have the answer. But, yeah,
0: no. But I think, like, sorry, I feel like we've gone so So far far (laughs) (laughs) But I think think that's the thing that's uh, complicated because, yes, I wasn't technically born in the U.S., but that is where I grew up. But I feel like I grew up here with this veil, Mm -hmm. always very clearly, like, sort of filtering my experience through that Mm -hmm. of what this whole other life um, Mm is through my parents because that's like home that's the world for you it was a little tempered with your dad Um, but like you know like we haven't even spoken about how you were raised religiously and why and like
1: but also, yeah, and just knowing that, like, I was different from the other Jews, yep. or feeling like yep. I was different because I wasn't an assimilated American Jew. Exactly. Like, even though I was, I am, and you know, my mom became a citizen. Like, I am American. I was not treated American. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, mother, like the mothers of the families and the such, like they saw me as a kid of this foreign woman that barely could speak English. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I wasn't really treated the way the other Jewish communities were treated. Like, you know, because in New Jersey, like, the Jewish community is very... It's not like, you know, like Sweden, Mm -hmm. where, like, being Jewish is weird. It's Mm -hmm. not weird there. Mm -hmm. It's just... But it's very specific, kind of Jewish. (laughs) And this
0: is why, like, our exercise last night, I don't know how you were feeling about it. But, like, um, sure, there's one way that a cop may look at you. But, like, that doesn't mean that you're experiencing the world that way. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for me, this is, like, I didn't grow up around other Jews. Mm -hmm. And part of that was because, like, the one Jewish school I ever went to was, like, the most severe bullying I'd ever received. Um, and that's because I'm not of the same class as most them <laughs> and I'm not American, yeah. you know, um, it's and, and that's weak. how I felt, you know? Yeah. And so like outside of that school for a very short time, because my parents were like, okay, this is dangerous. Yeah. Um, uh, all of my friends have been immigrants, which yeah. in this context has mainly meant, um, yeah definitely not Jewish but like um, you know like Asian and Latino and yeah. you know, or Latinx. That's, like
1: yeah that's um, funny that you say that just I feel I had very similar mm-hmm. I was bullied a lot um, by Jews mm-hmm. um, I mean I didn't I, I went to a yeshiva they mm-hmm. pulled me out because it was so hard for me Mm -hmm. Um, or because I felt very um, ostracized because I wasn't enough for the Jew that I had to be and then even when I was transferred to other schools I was bullied a lot by Jews and I was also bullied a lot by I don't know, everyone, Mm -hmm. Um, that, (laughs) yeah, my, like, whatever, like, yeah, everything, Um, and also because of the different look, like, the Nuna Brown and the Mm -hmm. mustache and the whatever, I mean, that's besides the point, but um, all of my closest friends, I ended up becoming very close with children of immigrant parents, Mm -hmm. because I felt like those were the only people that I felt safe around, and the ones that could understand that my mom was a strange person that is hard to connect with so my closest friend was a one who was an an Indian parents that came Mm -hmm. from India Trinidadian Chilean Mm -hmm. um uh, Puerto Rican Mm -hmm. um yeah and they all had uh immigrant parents and it's funny I didn't even realize that till later in life Mm -hmm. when I was like (laughs) wow all of my friends and I they were the only ones that I could really connect with because yeah it's just it's so yeah and and that is hard something hearing that in that discussion it, it's hard for me because it's I didn't feel like I was ever treated like a white person even though I understand mm-hmm. that's a much larger conversation and yes yeah. I do have that privilege of you know being stopped by cops mm-hmm. you know like having a white face I understand that mm-hmm. but growing up I never felt that I, I always felt that I looked Weird and different, and yeah. was treated yeah. different.
0: I think also because a lot of the texts focused on ancestors. Mm-hmm. I'm like, these are not ancestors. This is daily life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is not traditions from long ago that I have to like figure out and mm-hmm. research. And mm-hmm. no, this is absolutely like yeah. right now, right here. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, if anything, it's like hard to figure out. <laughs> like, how do you make it new? You know, yeah.
1: like where do you draw? the yourself out of it yeah you know? yeah so yeah. i i uh, yeah i'm on the same wavelength in that sense mm-hmm. but in any case i'm not taking or how are we on to it mm-hmm.
0: what
1: <laughs> what does that say we're 10, like just five
0: after where we were supposed to end
1: oh, okay great <laughs> so, okay. okay well yeah. this has been <laughs> i feel like we could just keep going <laughs> yeah i know i could just sit here for the rest of the day yeah. <laughs> um This has been a pleasure. This is Sarah. This is (laughs) Jenny. Thank you for the time.